Act Three of A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One The Wood. The Queen of Fairies lying asleep. Enter Quince, Snug, Bottom, Flute, Snout, and Starveling. Are we all met? Pat, pat, and here's a marvellous convenient place for our rehearsal. This green plot shall be our stage, this hawthorn break our tiring house, and we will do it in action, as we will do it before the Duke. Peter Quince. What sayest thou, Bully Bottom? There are things in this comedy of Pyramus and Thisbe that will never please. First, Pyramus must draw a sword to kill himself, which the ladies cannot abide. How answer you that? By her lichen, a parlous fear. I believe we must leave the killing out when all is done. Not a whit. I have a device to make all well. Write me a prologue, and let the prologue seem to say we will do no harm with our swords, and that Pyramus is not killed indeed. And for the more better assurance, Tell them that I, Pyramus, am not Pyramus, but Bottom the Weaver. This will put them out of fear. Well, we will have such a prologue, and it shall be written in eight and six. No, make it two more. Let it be written in eight and eight. Will not the ladies be afeard of the lion? I fear it, I promise you. Masters, you ought to consider with yourselves to bring in God shield us a lion among ladies is a most dreadful thing, for there is not a more fearful wild fowl than your lion living, and we ought to look to it. Therefore, another prologue must tell he is not a lion. Nay. You must name his name, and half his face must be seen through the lion's neck, and he himself must speak through, saying thus, or to the same defect. Ladies, or fair ladies, I would wish you, or I would request you, or I would entreat you not to fear, not to tremble my life for yours if you think i come hither as a lion it were pity of my life no i am no such thing i am a man as other men are and there indeed let him name his name and tell them plainly he is snug the joiner well it shall be so but there is two hard things and that is to bring the moonlight into a chamber, for you know Pyramus and Thisbe meet by moonlight. Doth the moon shine that night we play our play? A calendar, a calendar. 
look in the almanac find out moonshine find out moonshine yes it doth shine that night why then may you leave a casement of the great chamber window where we play open and the moon may shine in at the casement ay or else one must come in with a bush of thorns and a lantern and say he comes to disfigure or to present the person of moonshine then there is another thing we must have a wall in the great chamber for pyramus and thisbe says the story did talk through the chink of a wall you can never bring in a wall what say you bottom some man or other must present wall and let him have some plaster or some loam or some rough cast about him to signify wall and let him hold his fingers thus and through that cranny shall pyramus and thisbe whisper if that may be then all is well come sit down every mother's son and rehearse your parts pyramus you begin when you have spoken your speech enter into that break and so every one according to his cue enter puck behind what hempen homespuns have we swaggering here so near the cradle of the fairy queen what a play toward i'll be an auditor and actor too perhaps if i see cause speak pyramus and thisbe stand forth thisbe the flowers of odious savours sweet odours 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 savours sweet so hath thy breath my dearest thisbe dear but hark a voice stay thou but here a while and by and by i will to thee appear exit a stranger pyramus than e'er played here aside exit oh must i speak now ay marry must you for you must understand he goes but to see a noise that he heard and is to come again most radiant pyramus most lily-white of hue of colour like the red rose of triumphant briar most brisky juvenile and eke most lovely jew as true as truest horse that would never tire i'll meet thee pyramus at ninny's tomb ninus tomb man why you must not speak that yet that you answer to pyramus you speak all your part at once cues and all pyramus enter your cue is past it is never tire oh as true as truest horse that would never tire re-enter puck and bottom with an ass's head if i were fair thisbe i were only thine oh monstrous oh strange we are haunted pray masters fly fly masters help exeunt clowns i'll follow you i'll lead you about around through bog through bush through brake through briar sometime a horse i'll be sometime a hound a hog a headless bear sometime a fire 
and neigh and bark and grunt and roar and burn like horse hound hog bear fire at every turn exit why do they run away this is a knavery of them to make me afeard re-enter snout o bottom thou art changed what do i see on thee what do you see you see an asset of your own do you re-enter quince bless thee bottom bless thee thou art translated exit i see their knavery this is to make an ass of me to fright me if they could but i will not stir from this place do what they can i will walk up and down here and i will sing that they shall hear i am not afraid sings the usual cock so black of hue with orange tawny bill the throttle with his note so true the wren with little quill titania waking what angel wakes me from my flowery bed bottom sings the finch the sparrow and the lark the plain song cuckoo gray whose note full many a man doth mark and dares not answer nay for indeed who would set his wit to so foolish a bird who would give a bird the lie though he cried cuckoo never so i pray thee gentle mortal sing again mine ear is much enamoured of thy note so is mine eye enthralled to thy shape and thy fair virtue's force perforce doth move me on the first view to say to swear i love thee methinks mistress you should have little reason for that and yet to say the truth reason and love keep little company together nowadays the more the pity as some honest neighbours will not make them friends nay i can gleek upon occasion thou art as wise as thou art beautiful not so neither but if i had wit enough to get out of this wood i have enough to serve my own turn out of this wood do not desire to go thou shalt remain here whether thou wilt or no i am a spirit of no common rate the summer still doth tend upon my state and i do love thee therefore go with me i'll give thee fairies to attend on thee and they shall fetch thee jewels from the deep and sing while thou on pressed flowers dost sleep and i will purge thy mortal grossness so that thou shalt like an airy spirit go peas blossom cobweb moth and mustard seed enter four fairies Ready. And I. And I. Where shall we go? Be kind and courteous to this gentleman. Hop in his walks and gamble in his eyes. Feed him with apricocks and dewberries, with purple grapes, green figs, and mulberries. The honey bags steal from the humble bees, 
and for night tapers crop their waxen thighs and light them at the fiery glow-worm's eyes to have my love to bed and to arise and pluck the wings from painted butterflies to fan the moonbeams from his sleeping eyes nod to him elves and do him courtesies hail mortal hail 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 i cry your worship's mercy heartily i beseech your worship's name Codwith. i shall desire you of more acquaintance good master cobweb if i cut my finger i shall make bold with you your name honest gentleman peas blossom i pray you commend me to mistress squash your mother and to master peas cod your father good master peas blossom i shall desire you of more acquaintance too your name i beseech you sir mustard seed good master mustard seed i know your patience well that same cowardly giant-like ox-beef hath devoured many a gentleman of your house i promise you your kindred hath made my eyes water ere now i desire you of more acquaintance good master mustard seed come wait upon him lead him to my bower the moon methinks looks with a watery eye and when she weeps weeps every little flower lamenting some enforced chastity tie up my love's tongue bring him silently exeunt end of scene one act three scene two another part of the wood enter oberon i wonder if titania be awake then what it was that next came in her eye which she must dote on in extremity enter puck here comes my messenger how now mad spirit what night rule now about this haunted grove my mistress with a monster is in love near to her close and consecrated bower while she was in her dull and sleeping hour a crew of patches rude mechanicals that work for bread upon athenian stalls were met together to rehearse a play intended for great theseus nuptial day the shallowest thick-skin of that barren sort who pyramus presented in their sport forsook his scene and entered in a break when i did him at this advantage take an ass's knowl i fixed on his head anon his thisbe must be answered and forth my mimic comes when they him spy as wild geese that the creeping fowler eye or russet-pated chuffs many in sort rising and cawing at the gun's report sever themselves and madly sweep the sky so at his sight away his fellows fly and at our stamp here o'er and o'er one falls he murder cries and help from athens calls their sense thus weak lost with their fears thus strong made senseless things begin to do them wrong for briars and thorns at their apparel snatch some sleeves some hats from yielders all things catch i led them on this distracted fear and left sweet pyramus translated there 
when in that moment, so it came to pass, Titania waked, and straightway loved an ass. This falls out better than I could devise, but hast thou yet latched the Athenian's eyes with the love-juice, as I did bid thee do? I took him sleeping, that is finished too, and the Athenian woman by his side, that when he waked, a force she must be eyed. Enter Demetrius and Hermia. Stand close. This is the same Athenian. This is the woman, but not this the man. Oh, why rebuke you him that loves you so? Lay breath so bitter on your bitter foe. Now I but chide, but I should use thee worse, for thou, I fear, hast given me cause to curse. If thou hast slain Lysander in his sleep, being o'er shoes in blood, plunge in the deep, and kill me too. The sun was not so true unto the day as he to me. Would he have stolen away from sleeping Hermia? I'll believe as soon this whole earth may be bored, and that the moon may through the centre's creeps and so displease her brother's noontime with the antipodes. It cannot be but thou hast murdered him. So should a murderer look, so dead, so grim. So should the murdered look, and so should I, pierced through the heart with your stern cruelty. Yet you, the murderer, look as bright, as clear, as yonder Venus in her glimmering sphere. What's this to my Lysander? Where is he? Ah, oh, good Demetrius, wilt thou give him me? I had rather give his carcass to my hounds. Out, dog! Out, cur! Thou drivest me past the bounds of maiden patience. Hast thou slain him, then? Henceforth be never numbered among men. Oh, once tell true, tell true, even for my sake. Durst thou have looked upon him being awake, and hast thou killed him sleeping? Oh, brave touch! Could not a worm and adder do so much? An adder did it, for with doubler tongue than thine thou serpent never adder stung. You spend your passion on a misprized mood. I am not guilty of Lysander's blood. Nor is he dead, for aught that I can tell. I pray thee, tell me then that he is well. And if I could, what should I get therefore? A privilege never to see me more, and from thy hated presence part I so, see me no more whether he be dead or no. Exit. There is no following her in this fierce vein. Here, therefore, for a while I will remain. So sorrow's heaviness doth heavier grow, for debt that bankrupt sleep doth sorrow owe, which now in some slight measure it will pay, if, for his tender, here I make some stay. Demetrius lies down. What hast thou done? Thou hast mistaken quite, and lay the love-juice on some true love's sight. Of thy misprision must perforce ensue some true love turned, and not a false turned true. Then fate o'er rules that, one man holding troth, a million fail, confounding oath on oath. About the wood go, swifter than the wind, and Helena of Athens look thou find. All of fancy sick she is, and pale of cheer, with sighs of love that costs the fresh blood dear. By some illusion see thou bring her here. I'll charm his eyes against she do appear. I go, I go, look how I go, swifter than an arrow from the tartar's bow. 
Exit. Flower of this purple dye, hit with Cupid's archery, sink in apple of his eye. When his love he doth espy, let her shine as gloriously as the Venus of the sky. When thou wak'st, if she be by, beg of her for remedy. Re-enter Puck. Captain of our fairy band, Helena is here at hand, and the youth mistook by me pleading for a lover's fee. Shall we their fond pageant see? Lord, what fools these mortals be! Stand aside! The noise they make will cause Demetrius to awake. Then will two at once woo one, that must needs be sport alone, and those things do best please me that befall preposterously. Enter Lysander and Helena. Why should you think I should woo in scorn? Scorn and derision never come in tears. Look, when I vow, I weep, and vow so born, in their nativity all truth appears. How can these things in me seem scorn to you, bearing the badge of faith to prove them true? You do advance your cunning more and more, when truth kills truth, O oh devilish holy fray! These vows are Hermia's, will you give her o'er? Weigh oath with oath, and you will nothing weigh. Your vows to her and me, put in two scales, will even weigh, and both as light as tails. I had no judgment when to her I swore. Nor none in my mind, now you give her o'er. Demetrius loves her, and he loves not you. Demetrius awaking. O oh, Helena, goddess, nymph, perfect, divine, to what, my love, shall I compare thine eyne? Crystal is muddy, oh, how ripens show! Thy lips, those kissing cherries, tempting grow, That pure congealed white, high Taurus snow, Fanned with the eastern wind, turns to a crow. When thou holdst up thy hand, oh, let me kiss This princess of pure white, this seal of bliss. O oh, spite, O oh, hell! I see you are all bent to set against me for your merriment. If you were civil and knew courtesy, you would not do me thus much injury. Can you not hate me, as I know you do? But you must join in souls to mock me too. If you were men, as men you are in show, you would not use a gentle lady so to vow and swear and superpraise my parts when I am sure you both hate me with your hearts. You both are rivals and love Hermia, and now both rivals to mock Helena. A trim exploit, a manly enterprise, to conjure tears up in a poor maid's eyes. With your derision, none of noble sort would so offend a virgin and extort a poor soul's patience, all to make you sport. You are unkind, Demetrius. Be not so. For you love Hermia, this you know, I know. And here, with all good will, with all my heart, in Hermia's love, I yield you up my part. And yours of Helena to bequeath, whom I do love and will do till my death. Never did mockers waste more idle breath. Lysander, keep thy Hermia, I will none. If e'er I loved her, all that love is gone. My heart to her but as guest-wise sojourned, 
and now to Helen is it home returned, there to remain. Helena, it is not so. Disparage not the faith thou dost not know, lest, to thy peril, thou abide it, dear. Look where thy love comes, yonder is thy dear. Enter Hermia. Dark night, that from the eye his function takes, the ear more quick of apprehension makes, wherein it doth impair the seeing sense, it pays the hearing double recompense. Thou art not by mine eye, Lysander, found, mine ear, I thank it, brought me to thy sound. But why unkindly dost thou leave me so? Why should he stay whom love doth press to go? What love could press Lysander from my side? Lysander's love, that would not let him bide. Fair Helena, who more engilds the night than all yon fiery o's and eyes of light? Why seekest thou me? Could not this make thee know? The hate I bear thee made me love thee so. You speak not as you think, it cannot be. Lo, she is one of this confederacy. Now I perceive they have conjoined all three to fashion this false sport in spite of me. Injurious Hermia, most ungrateful maid, have you conspired? Have you with these contrived to bait me with this foul derision? Is all the counsel that we two have shared? The sisters' vows, the hours that we have spent. When we have child the hasty-footed time for parting us, oh, is all forgot? All school-days friendship, childhood innocence. We, Hermia, like two artificial gods, have with our needles created both one flower, both on one sampler, sitting on one cushion, both warbling of one song, both in one key, as if our hands, our sides, voices, and minds had been incorporate, so we grew together. Like to a double cherry, seeming parted, but yet a union in partition. Two lovely berries molded on one stem, so with two seeming bodies, but one heart, two of the first like coats and heraldry. Do but to one, and crowned with one crest, and will you rent our ancient love asunder? To join with men in scorning your poor friend? It is not friendly, tis not maidenly, our sex as well as I may chide you for it, though I alone do feel the injury. I am amazed at your passionate words. I scorn you not. It seems that you scorn me. Have you not set Lysander, as in scorn, to follow me and praise my eyes and face? And made your other love Demetrius, who even but now did spurn me with his foot, to call me goddess, nymph, divine and rare, precious, celestial? Wherefore speaks he this, to her he hates? And wherefore doth Lysander deny your love so rich within his soul? And tender me, forsooth, affection, but by your setting on, by your consent? What, though I be not so in grace as you, so hung upon with love, so fortunate, but miserable most, to love unloved? This you should pity rather than despise. I understand not what you mean by this. I do persevere, counterfeit sad looks. Make mows upon me when I turn my back. Wink at each other, hold the sweet jest up. This sport, while carried, shall be chronicled. If you have any pity, grace, or manners, 
you would not make me such an argument but fare ye well tis partly my own fault which death or absence soon shall remedy stay gentle helena hear my excuse my love my life my soul fair helena oh excellent sweet do not scorn her so if she cannot entreat i can compel thou canst compel me no more than she entreat thy threats have no more strength than her weak prayers helen i love thee but my life i do i swear that by which i will lose for thee to prove him false that says i love thee not i say i love thee more than he can do if thou sayest so withdraw and prove it too quick come lysander where to tends all this away you ethiop no no he'll seem to break loose take on as you would follow but yet come not you are a tame man go hang off thou cat thou burr vile thing let loose or i will shake thee from me like a serpent why are you grown so rude what change is this sweet love thy love out tawny tartar out out loathed medicine hatred potion hence do you not jest yes sooth and so do you demetrius i will keep my word with thee i would i had your bond for i perceive a weak bond holds you i'll not trust your word what should i hurt her strike her kill her dead although i hate her i'll not harm her so what can you do me greater harm than hate hate me wherefore oh me what news my love am i not hermia are you not lysander i am as fair now as i was erewhile since night you loved me yet since night you left me why then you left me oh the gods forbid in earnest shall i say ay by my life and never did desire to see thee more therefore out of hope out of question doubt be certain nothing truer tis no jest that i do hate thee and love helena oh me you juggler you canker blossom you thief of love what have you come by night and stole my love's heart from him fine i faith have you no modesty no maiden shame no touch of bashfulness what will you tear impatient answers from my gentle tongue fee fee you counterfeit you puppet you puppet why so ay that way goes the game now i perceive that she hath made compare between our statures she hath urged her height and with her personage her tall personage her height forsooth she hath prevailed with him and are you grown so high in his esteem because i am so dwarfish and so low how low am i thou painted maypole speak how low am i i am not yet so low but that my nails can reach unto thine eyes i pray you though you mock me gentlemen let her not hurt me i was never cursed i have no gift at all in shrewishness i am a right maid for my cowardice let her not strike me you perhaps may think because she is something lower than myself that i can match her lower hark again good hermia do not be so bitter with me i evermore did love you hermia 
did ever keep your counsels never wronged you save that in love unto demetrius i told him of your stealth unto this wood he followed you for love i followed him but he hath chid me hence and threatened me too to strike me spurn me nay to kill me too and now so you will let me quiet go to ask will i bear my folly back and follow you no farther let me go you see how simple and how fond i am why get you gone who is it that hinders you a foolish heart that i leave here behind what with lysander with demetrius be not afraid she shall not harm thee helena no sir she shall not though you take her part oh when she's angry she is keen and shrewd she was a vixen when she went to school and though she be but little she is fierce little again nothing but low and little why will you suffer her to flout me thus let me come to her get you gone you dwarf you minimus you hindering not grass maid you bead you acorn you are too officious in her behalf that scorns your services let her alone speak not of helena take not her part for if thou dost intend never so little show of love to her thou shalt abide it now she holds me not now follow if thou darst to try whose right of thine or mine is most in helena follow nay i'll go with thee cheek by jowl exeunt lysander and demetrius you mistress all this coil is long of you nay go not back i will not trust you i nor longer stay in your cursed company your hands than mine are quicker for a fray my legs are longer though to run away exit i am amazed and know not what to say exit pursuing helena this is thy negligence still thou mistakest or else commits thy knaveries wilfully believe me king of shadows i mistook did not you tell me i should know the man by the athenian garments he had on and so far blameless proves my enterprise that i have anointed an athenian's eyes and so far am i glad it so did sort as this their jangling i esteem a sport thou seest these lovers seek a place to fight hie therefore robin overcast the night the starry welkin cover thou anon with drooping fog as black as asheron and lead these testy rivals so astray as one come not within another's way like to lysander sometime frame thy tongue then stir demetrius up with bitter wrong and sometime rail thou like demetrius and from each other look thou lead them thus till o'er their brows death counterfeiting sleep with leaden legs and batty wings doth creep then crush this herb into lysander's eye whose liquor hath this virtuous property to take from thence all error with his might and make his eyeballs roll with wonted sight when they next wake all this derision shall seem a dream and fruitless vision and back to athens shall the lovers wend with league whose date till death shall never end whiles i in this affair do thee employ 
I'll to my queen and beg her Indian boy, and then I will her charmed eye release from monster's view, and all things shall be peace. My fairy lord, this must be done with haste, for night's swift dragons cut the clouds full fast, and yonder shines Aurora's harbinger, at whose approach ghosts, wandering here and there, troop home to churchyards, damned spirits all, that in crossways and floods have burial, already to their wormy beds are gone, for fear lest day should look their shames upon they willfully exile themselves from light, and must for aye consort with black-browed night. But we are spirits of another sort. I with the morning's love have oft made sport, and, like a forester, the groves may tread even till the eastern gate, all fiery red, opening on Neptune with fair blessed beams, turns into yellow gold his salt-green streams. But, notwithstanding, haste, make no delay, we may affect this business yet ere day. Exit Oberon. Up and down, up and down, I will lead them up and down. I am feared in field and town. Goblin, lead them up and down. Here comes one. Enter Lysander. Where art thou, proud Demetrius? Speak thou now. Here, villain, drawn and ready, where art thou? I will be with thee straight. Follow me, then, to plainer ground. Exit Lysander as following the voice. Enter Demetrius. Lysander, speak again. Thou runaway, thou coward, art thou fled? Speak, in some bush, where dost thou hide thy head? Thou coward, art thou bragging to the stars, telling the bushes that thou look'st for wars and wilt not come? Come, recreant, come thou child, I'll whip thee with a rod, he is defiled that draws a sword on thee. Yea, art thou there? Follow my voice. We'll try no manhood here. Exeunt. Re-enter Lysander. He goes before me and still dares me on. When I come, he calls, then he is gone. The villain is much lighter heeled than I. I followed fast, but faster he did fly. That fallen am I in dark, uneven way, and here will rest me. Come, thou gentle day. Lysander lies down. For if but once thou show me the gray light, I'll find Demetrius and revenge this spite. Sleeps. Re-enter Puck and Demetrius. Ho, 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 ho! Coward, why comest thou not? Abide me, if thou darest, for well I wot, thou runst before me, shifting every place, and darest not stand, nor look me in the face. Where art thou now? Come hither, I am here. Nay, then, thou mockst me. Thou shalt buy this dear, if ever I thy face by daylight see. Now, go thy way, faintness constraineth me, to measure out my length on this cold bed. By day's approach, look to be visited. Demetrius lies down and sleeps. Enter Helena. O weary night, O long and tedious night, abate thy hours, shine comforts from the east, that I may go back to Athens by daylight, from these that my poor company detest, 
and sleep that sometimes shuts up sorrow's eye steal me a while from mine own company helena sleeps yet but three come one more two of both kinds make up four here she comes cursed and sad cupid is a knavish lad thus to make poor females mad enter hermia never so weary never so in woe bedabbled with the dew and torn with briars i can no further crawl no further go my legs can keep no pace with my desires here will i rest me till the break of day heaven shield lysander if they mean affray hermia lies down on the ground sleep sound i'll apply to your eye gentle lover remedy squeezing the juice on lysander's eye when thou wak'st thou tak'st true delight in the sight of thy former lady's eye and the country proverb known that every man should take his own in your waking shall be sown jack shall have jill not shall go ill the man shall have his mare again and all shall be well exit puck demetrius helena etc sleep end of scene two end of act three